0: Good morning, this is Lance Kenmore with the Kenmore Team, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. As always, you can contact me, Lance Kenmore, direct on my cell phone at 727-8977, or visit us on the web at KenmoreTeam.com. Once again, I always like to thank John for hosting and everybody here at the station for working to make this happen.
1: Mr. John McKay, how you doing? Doing good. Good. With the weather, you know, if I wanted to fly kites like this, I'd go to, move to Ellensburg, but...
0: We got it. We hey. got. We we got to look on the bright side here. We got we yeah. got the temperatures that Lance wants yes. to keep selling 50s. a lot of real estate.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so yeah, it is. Um, I'll put up with. I'll put up with a little bit of wind for for sure, <laughs> um, because the market is still on Full fire sales. and it seems to be blowing buyers in from all over the state uh, to Tri Cities, and so I will collect them and um, take them and help them find a
1: property to buy for sure see what you did there blowing okay yeah
0: you got it you got i'm on it this morning man (laughs) i had my coffee early so we always like to start off with our crazy celebrity real estate house this one coming from variety.com Boca Raton, Florida. I'm going to take you to Florida. Okay. I don't even understand. Sometimes I come across these houses and I'm like in awe and I tell you a little bit of jealousy creeps up in there. Um, This one is a rental. The house is also on the market, but they have not been able to sell it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a twenty thousand square foot house with a twenty-seven thousand square foot garage. Oh. It's been off and on the market since two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, started at thirty-five million, um, and then they kept dropping the price. Got it to twenty million. And it still didn't sell. Wow. Now, mind you, it is a Star Trek house. Oh. Meaning the inside is absolutely an I'm apologize to the listeners out there, I'm not a Trekkie. Mm -hmm. Um, So I look at these pictures, and I just, I don't even know what to say.
1: So it looks like the inside of the USS Enterprise. It's
0: absolutely crazy. I'm showing McKay. I know this is a terrible Mm -hmm. radio faux pas, but I'm showing McKay. Trust me, Um, folks.
1: William Shatner, bridge of the Enterprise, you've got the house.
0: It's absolutely nuts. And so you can rent it if you want to go down and have a Star Trek experience, since they haven't been able to sell it, you can rent it for a hundred and ninety nine thousand dollars a month, <laughs> I had the same reaction. I mean, maybe for some people this is the way to go, um, but I'm a hard no on that one. For, I got two hundred grand.
1: Yeah, I could throw it in the street. Oh, I could go rent this house for a month for sure. Okay. So
0: that that's our crazy um, celebrity house story of the week. We do we do always like to temper that with some local real advice that we can use in the real estate
1: market. Imagine trying to find comps for that.
0: And you got to wonder, too, I tell people not to over personalize because you probably won't be able to sell. This is a prime example, example of, that. of that. I mean, to the nth degree. So it was just too much. I couldn't pass that one up. <laughs> Well, on the local front, I'm I'm super excited today because we have a guest here in the studio with us. I've been wanting to have him on the show for a, a while now, probably five or six months. Mm-hmm. But I knew what he was dealing with, and it made me cringe just to think about it. Oh, boy. And so I waited <laughs> and to call him, and then the new year came, and I said, okay, now there's some even crazier stuff going on that we got to talk about. And man, I am excited to have in the studio with us today, uh, Jeff Losey,
2: Executive Director of the HBA, the Home Builders Association. Mm -hmm. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Lance. I appreciate it. Yeah,
0: and so (laughs) I wasn't really joking around too much on my intro there. If I looked back in the last nine months... I said to my wife, I really want to get Jeff on the show to talk about all the stuff going on at the HBA, but I really would not want his job the last nine, <laughs> not, not nine months. So I know, no. you're, I know you're super busy, and thank you for taking the time to just kind of educate, and I like the public to know what's, what's going on. And so, I mean, I'm going to take us back to March, and... You know, not for the sake of reliving what went through, but I think to talk to somebody intimately involved in the building industry and, I mean, take us back, that that shutdown, that whirlwind.
2: I mean, what happened as leading the HBA here in Tri-Cities? What were you going through? Well, I think for all of us uh, at the time that we were, it was kind of the shock and awe of we're actually getting shut down. Yeah. And, and and nothing is going to happen. And so, you know, you visualize this tumbleweed blowing down the middle of the street and mm-hmm. just nobody outside, nothing going on. But at the end of the day, it, it was one of those, no matter what happened. In, in Washington State, we knew that there were homeowners that couldn't get into homes because they couldn't get a certificate of occupancy. Yep. And so everything that we did, it started with, how can we get this going again? And, and is... Is the is construction continuing going to be the cause and the spread of COVID? And so, and we were just trying to fi- fit, find that that hole on where we could fit into, and then had to create the safety guidelines to say, "Listen, Governor, this is what we have, and this is what we will do to make sure that our the workers are safe, so we can get these people into their homes." Because we had we had folks that were in hotel rooms, we had folks that had committed to sell their home to get into another one. And all those transactions were held up. We had nurses that were in a motorhome that if they or their spouse got COVID, had nowhere to sequester themselves yeah, unless oh they could get in that new home. And those were all the things that were happening right when all of this started. And, you know, I was trying to play referee with the state agencies and our oh, general boy. contractors, just trying to get somebody to listen to the pleas of these people, trying to basically finalize a deal that was already there and saying it's not going to hurt the community any, anymore by doing this because you're going to make it better by – Allowing these these uh, this construction projects to continue and people
0: to have more space to go to and get out of those hotel rooms and out of those RVs. Yeah. Did your
2: voicemail fill up in like one hour? It, it was just nonstop. It, okay. it was it was seven god, days a week. God, it was yeah. it didn't matter when it was.
1: Oh my god. Did you have to add bandwidth? Like yeah. a, put an extra little block on your phone there, a little uh a well, little thumb drive.
2: Yeah, I had I had a lot of empathy for what everybody was going through and, and I didn't mind and it was it was you know, in my now going on sixteen years, it is absolutely the craziest and busiest I've ever been with my phone blowing up but I totally got it like yeah. and I felt for most of these people they had legitimate stories on why they needed to continue their project and you know some of them were sad and and i just wanted to do everything i could to help facilitate that and we did our, we did the best we could and eventually got it open back up again within five weeks so. yeah
0: well i think that was i mean i think that was a herculean effort and i mm-hmm. i think you guys did a fantastic job and um for me personally and my real estate team and and the industry and realtors as a whole like we we know the importance of that so uh i mean i want to personally thank you for everything you guys did you guys advocated huge for our industry huge for our community so so i i definitely re- really appreciate that and then and then you guys were able to get back open and and but you had a whole new set of regulations to function under and
2: and it wasn't just open the only thing we got we got a little bit the door was cracked we could only finish contracts that were started. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. that's we couldn't right. start anything yes, new. Exactly. So so we could only finish what was promised to, to be finished and we couldn't start anything new until we had a new set of safety guidelines in and so you know, and I, I would never begin to say that, you know, I had a big play in in working with the governor. There was our industry and five other industries that were working at the state level um trying to get our governor to do what forty-eight other states did, which was view residential construction as essential. Yep. Because housing is one of those king, the kingpins of it. it it's it's needed. It's in short supply. That mm-hmm. the supply is not growing. We still can't catch up. And even with those five weeks uh, that we missed in Tri Cities, we still outperformed what we did in twenty
0: nineteen. Yeah, wow. I was, was going to get to that and say how. What, what a crazy conundrum that, you know, that that caused. Here we have, um, I mean, here we have entering February b- before COVID, we have record low inventory for, for our area, not nearly enough to meet the demand. And then we go into, you know, a five-week shutdown, plus not being able to make new starts, um, which really even, you know, I think we're still feeling the trickle down effect of that now as far as we're we're worse off this February, inventory wise, than we were last February. Um, and so it's gonna be interesting to see, I mean, the amount of building necessary to meet that demand is a that's a big number. And I think I'm sure in the industry people come and say this to you all the time and they say, Lance You know, if they just drive around and don't know any better, they say, well, I can't believe what's going on. They're building everywhere. And my response always is, well, everywhere's not enough. Because they might be building everywhere, but our inventory is not changing. Like, I mean, how do you respond to that
2: narrative and what you hear along? I mean, do you get that dialogue also? No, absolutely. And and it's one of those things that, you know, we now are have a formidable population in Tri-Cities. It's like, you know, we are bigger than what we realize we really are, which means it takes housing stock. And anytime you have as many apartments that we have, less than 3% vacancy rate, so then you have a supply of people that are ready to get out of apartments, to get into, everybody wants that home ownership dream, right? Well, for most people, maybe not for everyone, but for most people, they want to get into a house. And then you couple that with what's happening now, which is, so we have the large cities of Seattle, Chicago, New York, L.A., where now large corporations are figuring out that they don't have to have hard office space and everybody going to these high-rent districts to work when they can be just as productive at home, at a house that's in a suburb because they can telecommute Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's drastic. And we're seeing it on our
0: team. I mean, a, you know, more than a couple. I mean, just last month, we had five sales attributable to I've got the go-ahead to telecommute I'm never going back to downtown Seattle mm-hmm. um, and so I'm selling my condo there I'm selling my house there you know I'm selling my six hundred seven hundred thousand dollar condo can I get more than a condo in Tri-Cities for $600,000? The answer is yes. (laughs) And and so now they're doubling their space. You could buy a house and a rental. In a great spot. And so you're you're exactly right. Our supply decreased because of the issues in the supply chain, and our demand increased. And so it's just been – it's still one of those situations where – I think it's going to take some time for us to catch that back up. I know we're coming up on our first hard break. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about some of those numbers to catch that supply back up, and then also talk about the differences that you guys had to experience with the Parade of Homes this last year.
1: Right here on News
0: Talk 87. Welcome back to the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. We are privileged to have with us today Mr. Jeff Losey with the Executive Director of the HBA. We're talking about some of the... Roller coaster ride we've been on in the building industry over the last over the last nine months. And I did
1: have one question. Did you buy any stock in Advil?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did not, but I should have. I, right? I, I th- yeah. Advil or uh, or Basil Hayden whiskey? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which one. <laughs> so, okay, so we are talking about the year that you guys went through before the break. We kind of went through some of the reopening and how that went and the issues and 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 but still rallying I mean as tri cities we talked a little bit during the break off the air that you know I did a show 2 weeks ago about our numbers we ended up breaking 5000 units for the first time uh, a lot of that being you know new construction and so People kind of rallied and started to figure, figure it out. Um, but it looked different than it's ever looked before. And fast forward, I mean, why we've got you here with the HBA, I know one of your guys' big revenue sources and uh, staple in the Tri-Cities event that you put on, and we normally have a big to-do about it on the radio show also, mm-hmm. and, and that's the Parade of Homes in the fall, but... As you guys started to approach that date, like everybody else in the world, that was not an event that you could traditionally do the way you had. So, what did that process look like? I'm honestly shocked. You guys were even. You guys still had an event. I mean, you you had to have lost a ton of money, but I know you still had an event.
2: Yeah, no, and I appreciate you bringing it up. And and what we were able to do um, was hold our obligation to the builders that committed before COVID. And so since January, February of 2020, you know, you've got builders that pulled permits. They had plans to participate in what is, you know, a, a, always a great event in Tri-Cities. And we held on as long as we absolutely could, because even going through last year, we're like, well, listen, college football is going to happen, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's no way we're not going to have college football. So there's going to be a parade. And we just ca- held on until, until we had to make final. Commitments for the magazine and for those uh, for advertising, and then eventually we just got to where, all right, it's it's not going to happen in person, but but we can retool and and do this virtual, and then whatever the rules are at the time when we get there is what we're going with, and and we ended up with you could schedule appointments um, and, and. it At the end of the day, the builders that participated probably got more exposure than they normally would have uh, through Facebook, through Instagram. And Tri-Cities was very receptive. We had close to 10,000 people that went through the virtual parade. Wow. And that doesn't even touch the people that saw the awards and all the awards that we gave to the builders Judges still went out and judged the homes, and those those awards were given out through Facebook and Instagram. And so we touched a whole nother plethora of people that probably – I know that we, we've heard from some of the consumers in Tri-Cities that appreciated the fact that there was a virtual option because I, I, it's not – it's not always the easiest thing to get to some of these homes, right? Sometimes yes. you have to walk a quarter of a mile to get to the home just because there's no there's no place to park. So it's it's enable it forced us to look at the parade a different way. Um, our intent is going forward that even when things open back up, and, and fingers crossed that we absolutely will have a parade again that's going to be in person in 2021 in the fall that there will be some virtual component to that as well that will happen afterwards. Yeah, too.
0: and I and I mm-hmm. think that I think that's a big takeaway, you know, and and in the real estate industry also we've you know, I was very, very fortunate that, you know, pre-COVID we had bought, you know, it, people thought we were crazy, but we had bought, you know, we had spent another $10,000 and bought a second and third, you know, Matterport three-dimensional scanning, you know, so that we could do every single listing that way uh, because and then when COVID happened it was the one thing that I actually thought I knew something I was somewhat smart uh, because I was like <laughs> it was just dumb luck I'm not saying that <laughs> So we just wanted to add we just wanted to add another level to you know of service to our listings and it ended up being super necessary but I, I think people will appreciate that now you've got the in-person option And then being able to go back with that virtual option, I think, and be like, oh, hey, honey, remember when we saw this? I, I really think you guys will have, I mean, and your parade's incredible as it is, you'll have even a, a better parade because of it at the end.
1: So people go through live, and then, then they can go back and do it digitally. That's probably going to entice a lot more people to pull the trigger on a sale.
2: Well, and at the end of the day, not everybody is physically able to get to all of the homes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it opens up the door for those that have a difficult time making it. From house to house, and, and we understand that, so it, it does afford us that opportunity to, to to even get to more people. So that's our hope.
0: Perfect. And and Jeff, we always run out of time, and so I've got I've got three or four questions I'm going to skip over here. But one of the things I did want to get out there that people aren't aware of, and another reason that I just said I know I've got to call him and get him in here, is there's there's stuff going on in the building industry with energy codes give me a quick synopsis how we got to where we are today and what the major change was in the last month and a half Um, because i know you're getting a lot of phone calls about that and people are seeing stuff about this so give me a quick history how did we get to where we're
2: at and then what happened in the last month and a half that has brought urgency to this situation so at the at the end of the day, so COVID delayed the 2018 building codes from being implemented July 1st of 2020. Those got kicked down to November, then they got kicked to February first, uh, which was this last which was this last weekend. Mm-hmm. And in the state building code council had voted to punt it down to July 1st of 2021. And what that means for somebody that wants to build a new home, it means that it will add in in excess of anywhere from twenty five hundred to fifteen thousand dollars to the cost of your house that is going to going to energy. And by energy, I mean it could be be something that is putting solar panels on top of your house to generate your own electricity that will get you enough credits. It could be mini splits that you used, ducts inside of conditioned space. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, what that means is typically you would have ducts that would run through the attic. Well, you bring them in inside the house and where they run in conditioned space, so that way you don't lose all the bleed off when, they, when the air goes through mm. it. It actually goes, it, it, you, it's more efficient that way, but it all costs more money. Gotcha. It all right. costs more money. And the goal of all of this with our governor is by 2030, all homes being constructed are going to be passive, which means they won't be dragging any power out of the grid. They'll be producing their own. That's where we're headed,
0: gotcha, and I mean that seems like we should easily be able no I'm just kidding
1: <laughs> totally that's a whole kidding. other discussion <laughs>
0: um, okay so so those all went into effect last weekend, and so people you know that had been quoted a certain price for a new construction house that they would start on prior to might have even signed a contract with your builder. There was probably a clause in there somewhere that said items outside the builder's control could cause a price change. So now you've got a situation where somebody was expecting that to maybe happen July 1st. Now it happens February 1st, and the price of the house that they were going to get instead of three fifty is now 362500 two five hundred. Yep, absolutely. And from the outside perspective, they
2: probably can't see much of a difference no no because already the homes in Washington state as you look around the U- United States of America our homes are already some of the most energy efficient built homes right now
0: yeah yep absolutely so
2: feeling wise what what is going to change here's the big change gas is going away
0: okay Gotcha.
2: Gas is going away, it's gonna be heat pumps, it's all electrified. That's the push of the governor to stop CO twos from going in the air. However you feel about it, that's where the legislator is taking new home construction is there won't be gas.
0: Okay, gotcha. And so that does I mean, that does provide a lot of challenges and changes that the builders have to the builders have to deal with. And then go back to the consumer To say, how are we going to break even on on these changes and, and what does that look like? And I think the shocker of what we're dealing with, and this is what on my side of the industry, I talk to people about all the time, is we're already looking at entry level housing. Um, brand, if you look at brand new construction, which I think in my mind drives a lot of the pricing structure for an area, meaning if you can't build brand new construction as a baseline, then you're going to look at older resale, gen, generally speaking, right? And so, when you look at the cost to build a new construction house, I'm just r- I'm going to use round numbers. Please don't send me 20 emails and quote me on this. But if if I was to find somebody a two-bedroom, two-bath, you know, with a garage, you're not going to find new construction under... 250 say and that's really on the on the low end. I mean we talk about all the time we've been selling a ton of our townhouses and mm-hmm. and that's a and that's a great project um in Pasco and even that we're looking at townhouses, you know, um carport new construction and the builders not just like making a killing in margins on this deal and we struggle to get those in that 220 range and so now you've got entry level first time home buyer houses at 250 i can only imagine the issue comes pricing with the contractors as one of their biggest concerns they're dealing with now
2: and, and they can't hold prices it's so with the, with lumber like 7 days like that's it Gotcha. Like that's as good as the bid is going to go because lumber prices since last April of 2020 are up 150 percent. Wow! And they took a little bit of a dip in the fall, but they're back up again. Mm-hmm. And the the supply chain, the disruption, uh, the retooling because of COVID all those things, are they're hitting at the same time, and just being able to get materials is is really starting to become an issue, but then the price of that is also just absolutely going through the roof.
1: Because when you have the shortages, the prices go up. Just yeah. like a shortage of houses, Abs- the prices go up.
0: Absolutely. And I'm even in the industry, and I was shocked. Last weekend, I went to, I needed a piece of OSB plywood, like oh. a 4x8 sheet to do something in my garage with, and you know, I, I think if I have a $10 bill, I use to be good mm-hmm. and i there was a tag on it for 30 bucks yeah. like 30 bucks a sheet and i was like yeah i was like the, unbelievable so i know they're dealing with a lot out there um jeff at the end of the day i mean you guys are an advocate for the for the builders here Well, I would say we're an advocate for the consumers. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I mean, that makes more sense because you you builders are going to pass it along. Yep, absolutely. And so, and we do want, and I do hear if people could be a fly on the wall in my office, pricing of homes, affordable housing for people starting out, um, first time home buyers. That is, you know, that is a massive dialogue that we have. And I think as we come into 2021, people are concerned about that. And and I hear that. And what can I get into? And what, what does it look like? So I appreciate you working on the side of the consumer to keep affordable housing in Tri-Cities here. Um, absolutely love the events that you, that you put on for us. And I can't wait to get back to a normalized parade of homes. And once again, um, thank you for taking the time to be on the show and educate us a little
2: bit about. What's going on in Tri-Cities? Thanks for having me, and happy to do it any Lance.
1: All right, we'll be right back here next week. Right here on News Talk 870.